0: Howdy, friends, and welcome back to the Thinking Pilates podcast, where we're having rich conversations not only about Pilates and the Pilates mindset, but about how people move and are moved, the way we think about each other and we play together, how we form relationships with and through movement, and a whole lot of other humany good things that we think you're going to love. I'm Chantel Lopez. I'm the creator of Said Shenanigans, and I am joined by my delightful co-host, James Crater. We are deeply grateful for your time and attention as always, and appreciate your feedback, your shares on social media and your reviews on iTunes, because that kind of love is what keeps us going, keeping you inspired and curious, we hope for a very, very long time. And now for the show. Howdy friends, it's Chantel again, and we are about to share with you a really unique podcast conversation with James and I after settling into three of four days with Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen, who is the founder of Body Mind Centering. You're going to learn all about that and our amazing and wacky and just really deeply powerful Um, time with her and its impact on how we see movement and our paths through movement and through teaching. We wanted to mention there's one thing that we didn't end up talking about on the podcast recording, but afterward that we thought was really important, which is this idea of when I say no to you, to something that you are asking me to do, it's not that I am rejecting you, but instead I am saying yes to me. And that of course is so relevant in so many ways, but in the podcast, we talk about our relationship to Pilates itself and we share some really, I think, powerful insights about that, but also we share some news with you about our next steps and iterations and it just felt like a really poignant sentiment and we wanted you to just be able to hold it in your attention as you listened. It's a short one, so hopefully you'll enjoy it and you'll stick around to the end because it uh, it's a surprise ending, so <laughs> you'll have to wait for it. But we have some more information about our wonderful sponsor, Momentum Fest. We want to share a little bit from students who attended last year. And I'm going to share a little bit with you about why I decided to um, pursue teaching at Momentum Fest. And then there's some important dates and things we want you to hear about. So as always, without further ado, drum roll please. Here we go. Hi everybody. This is Chantel. And it's James here too. <laughs> we um, This is just a total off the cuff podcast production. We're sitting in Berkeley. Yeah.
1: Sitting in a really nice house in Berkeley
0: with couple glasses of wine next to the fireplace. It's very cozy. Um, there just is something happening that we felt like we needed to talk about and share with you (laughs) (laughs) because it's wacky and startling and, um, profound and curious. It is really curious. It's not only curious in the In the experience, Uh we are being forced to be curious in a lot of ways that we um, maybe are not typically, um, and it's producing lots of questions. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. So uh, we are um, in our third day. We've just finished our third day with Bonnie Bainbridge-Cohen, who many of you know or some of you know is the founder of Body Mind Centering. Yeah. Yeah. And we're here with some of our other wonderful colleagues and, um, it's nothing of what we were expecting and so much more than I think we ever could have imagined, even coming into this moment, having some sense of what, um, body mind centering was. Yeah.
1: Not being confused about the work of Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen and, uh, having had experiences around her work in Uh, with people who have been greatly influenced by her work, it's um, still—I mean, we're talking about a woman whose work spans—professional work spans 50 years. And so there's phases and levels and depth that uh, are just— Mind blowing. I mean, I'm having. I'm a words guy, and I'm having really hard time creating yeah. words to talk about the experience. So, yeah. bear with us as we fumble through this podcast and try to articulate the inarticulatable. Yeah. Is that a word? <laughs> sure, it is now.
0: <laughs> uh, and we're also kind of using you as a guinea pig and potential sounding board, so we can. Um, we're talking it out. Yeah. Yeah, and. Right, that's it. Yeah. End of sentence, period. Yeah. End of sentence. Um, So James is going to read a little bit from Bonnie's new book, which is called Neurocellular Patterns, Basic Neurocellular Patterns. Um, We were looking for something to share with you um, to kind of frame wherever we might end up going, which will inevitably be some kind of beautiful um, rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was just looking over, uh, the preface and sort of skimming through it. And the end, the end of this little, uh, preface here is, is what we're going to sort of dive into a little bit as, as a jumping off point. She writes movement by its nature is pre-verbal speaking about it requires translation from movement to verbal. This is a far greater leap than any translation between verbal languages. Yet when the words arise directly from out of experience, there is a recognition of their authenticity. Embodied languaging brings the unspoken into the conscious word. That word carries us into the future. She then goes on to talk about uh, the reason this book took 40 years to write is because she wanted to share with the audience uh, not just the movement patterns that she teaches in body-mind centering and specifically this neurocellular movement patterning, but the process of how these patterns originate from our cells and fluids and from what she believes the ener- believes to be the energy of the cosmos itself. And then she ends it with um, something that we found really profound. The study of movement is not about words. It is about direct transmission of life. However, when words arise out of the subterranean field of aware movement, another knowing is realized. I search for that knowing. There is an immense field of research under the tip of this endeavoring. I hope that the words, drawings, and concepts in this book
0: will be a doorway into your own journey of discovery. Mm. You know, so Bonnie is 77, and um, I was thinking just as you were reading it's not 50 years of, uh, work. No, it, it's 77 years of work. Or what we read too was that, um, she, she, her mother talks about how she started dancing before she was speaking. Yeah. So I would have amended that to say yeah. 76 years, but now yeah, I feel like it's seventy. 8 years. Yes, yeah,
1: 78 years. She her mother and father and I um there's a really beautiful YouTube clip. Bonnie has a lot of YouTube stuff. So if this uh podcast sounds interesting or the work of body mind centering, I mean just look it up on YouTube. There is clip after clip after clip. But um Uh, Emily Conrad uh, from Continuum Movement did a a video series where she interviewed some of her friends and some really beautiful movement minds. And uh, Bonnie did one with her. And I want to say it's like over the... I think there's like three clips, each of which is like 30 minutes. It's like an hour and a half long interview in which she talks about her early childhood. And then she uh, talks about a little bit in this book. Her mother and father were in Ringling Brothers Circus, so she was raised in the circus and not just raised in the circus she was
0: gestated and <laughs> formed in the circus and this is a uh, it's, it's a huge piece of bonnie's work is um embryology yeah and so we've been spending the last 3 days uh kind of almost haphazardly but but not i mean it's obviously so deeply intentional Um, diving into the embryological process. And, um, I think one of the things that, um, stands out for me as kind of a, I don't know what to do with it yet. concept is that we, um, we typically in Pilates and even in yoga and lots of other forms of movement move from, an awareness of our current manifestation, mm-hmm. right? Of of our collective um, traumas and experiences and um, movement um, skills, and yet there is this deeper layer of knowing that there is space for within mm-hmm. us that doesn't necessarily radiate from our current manifestation of the way the body is, and and we can take this if it. It doesn't have to be all the way back to the embryo, although that is what we're doing. Yeah. And and seeing and feeling ourselves through that lens has been incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, you know, when you enter into this, you just think, what the fuck is going on? I mean, it was like literally... What the fuck is going on? (laughs) But then then just everybody is drinking the Kool-Aid because you can't help it because Bonnie is so genuine and warm and lovely, and so it's not hard. Yeah. But also this idea that it doesn't even have to go back that far, that what I think we all can acknowledge as movement teachers, if you've been teaching for even a little bit of time, is that you see how movement actually stems from Earlier times mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. your life, right? Yeah. Even from childhood, so you don't have the same body. You're an adult, yeah. But the space of what was once whole, yeah, is still there, or the space where injury is currently being held. Um, you are not necessarily consciously aware of, and yet your movement is, yeah, is, yeah, deeply stemming from that place um and to add more words to that to me it's
1: uh <clears throat> what comes to mind is that i have i as a mover have the capability of making choices and where i'm drawing upon within my experience and my body to move from i can either make the choice to move from my current experience traumas joys um uh experiences that are on the forefront or There is potential for me to go deeper into my references and draw upon movement qualities, movement choices, movement capabilities from five years ago, from 10 years ago, from 30, 40, however old you are. And in her uh, belief system that you can draw upon um, movement memories, movement history from Mm -hmm, mm pre-birth from embryologic uh, uh, experiences that you do not have um, front brain uh, access to, but is information that is resourced and readily referenced within your body.
0: If you take the time to pause and feel for it. And I think that's something that stands out to me too. Um, from what you read is uh, the idea of language, and, and James and I both are language geeks. We've both written about the impact of language. Mm-hmm. James recently just wrote an article about that. I'm constantly mm-hmm. writing and talking about language, and um there are so many different uh, vantage points we could talk about language from, but I think the thing is, is that you can't talk about yeah. this. You have to... Uh, create an environment mm-hmm. and offer a context, um, to sense it and yeah. to, um, feel what emerges from a place that doesn't have language anymore. It, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, um, a, a common thing that has come up over these last three days as we have been directed to discuss our experiences mm-hmm. or have just chosen to discuss experiences at lunch or pre class or what have it be um my experience has been that I have a lot of fe- i have a lot of feelings mm-hmm. around what I have experienced. It has been very difficult for me to uh create words mm-hmm. around what it is. I can sort of get close with words and they don't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't quite have the precise thing to say exactly what it is that I'm feeling. So I can use three or four words that are sort of circumnavigating kind of what I'm experiencing. Yeah. Dipping into, but dipping into, fully, but not, yeah. not correct. Mm-hmm. Not the full scope. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just can't quite get there mm-hmm. with the words yet. Mm-hmm maybe never. Right, maybe never. Yeah. Because
0: I think there are, and we see this, and I know in James and I's, in our work, uh, it's like sometimes you just must stop talking. Yeah. Right? And, and you must also allow space for the student to not know how to articulate the experience in words and, and to not force that they must be able to mm-hmm. in order for them to grow or get value from the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, we bought like, you know, multiple books and DVDs and all kinds of things. <laughs> I mean, really seriously, drinking the Kool Aid. And for those of you who do um, body mind centering, you are probably just shaking your head and shrugging your shoulders, <laughs> maybe even rolling your eyes a little bit. It's <laughs> about yeah, yeah, time you two got on board. Um, so Bonnie's first book was called Sensing, Feeling, and Action. Um, and there's a quote in here from an interview she did. Uh, and she says, one of the things that I think is essential with sensing is that we reach a point where we become conscious and then we let it go. So that sensing itself is not a motivation that our act, that our motivation is action based on perception. Um, and to me that uh, it's just like perception is perceiving it's, it is sensing. It does not um, mean that we have to be able to give words to it. Yeah. And, and she's, she talks about a really interesting, um, a progression of experiences, right. Thank you for going over that. Yeah. The first one is visualization. Uh So that's all front brain. That's, um, you know, that's the top down experiencing of like, there are words, you understand them, you're putting together what the words mean based on your past experiences, Uh very analytical, um, and so that we're doing that. Well, and it's also
1: something that is very, very familiar within the Pilates environment and within mm-hmm. the exercise environment, mm-hmm. um, any formulated it, movement. Yeah. You DM, know, that there's, sorry. that there is a visualization process that is either directed, uh, externally or self-directed within yourself. Like I'm going to ask my body to
0: create the shape and I know mm-hmm. what the shape looks like. Mm-hmm blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what the rules are. You have some theory, you have mm-hmm. some, um, you know, past reference. So, so there's that. That's the first stage. And then the second stage is somatization. Somatization. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's correct. I feel like I need to spell it in my mind. <laughs> um, I M A. I couldn't even spell it probably. Um, where it is the beginning of, um, uh, physical awareness. It's it's the felt sense experience. And, and, um, we're doing, then we're doing that, you Mm -hmm. know, we're having, and we're watching her somaticize, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and talk about like, here's the idea. And now here is the potential expression and it's offered as an exploration. And many of us at, and that's what we do. All of us are doing that. We're saying, here's the thing we want you to do Mm -hmm. here is how you can potentially do it. And then you do it. And then if we're worth our salt, we are guiding based yeah. at least a little bit on quality yeah. of feeling. And we're uh, inquiring
1: about, well, how did that feel for you? Mm-hmm. What did you notice about mm-hmm. this? Which are all questions to do with the somatics of the experience. Right. You know, what did you notice in your body? How did that feel? Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, that's that's the second level.
0: Stop it there for a second, because yeah. I think that this is, this is a place where James and I have been stewing yeah. for a very long time. And I think some of you are not sure how to do this Yeah, and, and that's very reasonable and it's yeah. not a criticism. It's just because I did not know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there are parts of us that do it, you know, in moments we do it intuitively because mm-hmm. we have had a physical experience, but this, um, this beginning to, uh, meta process, yeah, right. Yeah. About what, what the thing is and what it feels like. Um, we get, as, as teachers of a formal modality, we get stuck here.
1: Yes. And
0: James and I talk a lot about this in terms of the idea of training, or it's like it's about making a specific shape. We're trying to build a skill set, which are all really important steps, and yet if we get stymied here and we get waylaid, then we stay in, in somatization, or mm-hmm. we don't even quite... We nudge up against it, but we don't drop into... Yeah. Um, this deeper sensing, which requires less words yes, and, and, and what the weekend is for me, uh, kind of reaffirming in a way or helping me to remember is, um, that that is really important it, yeah. to like, that you need no words in, in some moments yes. right, to drop into that to get to the final
1: stage. Well, and what, what we are having the privilege of witnessing this weekend is a master teacher at work. Mm. And so watching, you know, as, as someone, as two people who present, um, we're witnessing not just the course curriculum that we're, you know, here for, but there's a portion of us that is also looking at how is the material presented what choices is Bonnie making mm-hmm. and there have been several times where she has consciously chosen to halt yeah. Her words, right? Stop talking so that she does not influence her audience anymore, yeah, That's and they can create their own experience around the
0: thing, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting witnessing of dosing, yeah, in order to facilitate these stages because the end goal, and it's so funny. She's just sorry, not sorry, <laughs> <laughs> she's you know, it's like. Um, she's unapologetic and yeah. so thoughtful. And so she very intentionally is trying to facilitate an experience so that we can have the next stage, which is embodiment. Yeah. And yet she's not attached at all to whether or not you get there. Yeah. There, yeah. It, there's such a freedom in, or a pre, it's a pressure less system, correct, which is brilliant. Yeah. And, and also, If we, you know, because of course, what we do when we're in these situations is we go, here's new information. How is it familiar to me? How am I going to integrate it? How am I going to re articulate it in a way that makes sense to my audience? Mm -hmm. And it's just brilliant to see this. And in terms of the halting, like she's really aware of when she's said too much or when she's about to say too much, so that we would be. Then in, this is just all my own like interpretation, a pressurized system of needing to have a certain experience. It's not like that. So it's not like the end goal is a right thing. Yeah. It is that there is, the potential is in you and I don't know what that is. Yeah. And I'm not going to pretend to know what the potential is. And so I'm going to stop talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, the, the, the phases were visualization and then we had the somatization. Oh, good. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and <laughs> then the third phase is embodiment. And that's a term that is thrown around a lot. It's yeah. the new authenticity. It's the new authenticity. <laughs> like how am I going to embody this? Um, and under, uh, Bonnie's umbrella, so visualization, sort of the the cognition of the thing, the the outline of the thing, somatization, sort of the feeling, the felt sense, the personalized experience thing that you can draw upon. And embodiment is when that visualization and that somatization has been processed in such a way that it's not even considered Mm -hmm. anymore. Right, you let go of it. You let go of it. You are. You do not detach from it. You're just non attached to the thing, and what it looks like, from my understanding, is just the idea that this is what's happening. I am aware. I have thought about it. I have
0: felt it, and I trust now that this is what is happening. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a non thinking. Yeah. But it's also in a way a pure sensing. Yeah. Where there is not language anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that really for me, uh, you know, I, it's almost like I feel a little bit surprised to hear myself say this, but I do think it's true that maybe I have been a little confused about embodiment. Oh, I know I've been confused about embodiment. Like okay. when she talked about that, I was like, I don't even know that I've ever done that. Right. Because, because for me, I have been, um, my thought around embodiment is a conscious awareness of sensing. Yeah. Uh, a conscious awareness of sensing integration, mm-hmm. or a conscious awareness of sensing flow. Yeah. And all of those things, I have a lot. Like, yeah. I I know I'm well practiced there. Yeah. But that's the second stage. Yeah. Exactly. It's not the third. And I have had moments of embodiment. Yeah. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. But I don't think that I I knew. I could I could have until the last couple of days uh-huh. articulated the difference between the two. And even now, and she talks about this, she does all of her talking. She does her presenting. And then there is movement exploration. There are invitations to do different explorations. Then we go and we have, quote unquote, recess or playtime. Mm-hmm. And that in those moments where you are, You are, it's so, it's so wonderful and weird in a way because you're, there are a hundred plus people here and we're in, when we do these movement explorations, we're in two rooms, it's self guided. Mm -hmm. So we go away and we do our thing and your eyes are closed, mostly not always, and you're moving in any way you want. You're moving in and out of the explorations, but that you are in your experience moving from visualization, mm-hmm. somatization, into embodiment, but back and forth, in yeah. and out. Yeah. And there are these sweet, sweeping moments. And for me, they've just been glimpses. Yeah. Yeah, Of yeah. moving into the embodiment, and then all of a sudden I start thinking about it again. huh and then I'm into the somatics part and then I'm like, they're catch a wave yeah. for a moment. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a spark. And then, and then I'm back into thinking, I'm back into the front brain and it's a, and what I have found is that you just have to appreciate the, the in and out. You have to appreciate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have lots of compassion for the fact that you are, Oscillating. Yeah. For me, I think, uh, uh, embodiment for so long, uh, l-
1: knowing what I know now, uh, has been stuck in the interoception portion of somatization, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like this is my internal sense. Yes. This is what I'm feeling inside and I can draw words upon it. And I'm very aware of what this feels like. Look at me, look at how embodied I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and me and Right. Lots of the right. Rest of us, right. Yeah. Right.
1: Big pat on the back. Yeah, big pat on the back. Look at me. Mm-hmm. And now having the same experience of having this flow sort of in and out, uh, you know, it's almost sh- uh, shocking to the uh, consciousness when you enter into that embodiment because there is that void of, of um words and articulation and latching onness that mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I as a uh, uh an identified mover mm-hmm. would uh like to consider more you yeah. know where it's like this is my experience this is what I can do look at this is how I can label this mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when I get into those moments um that are uh outside of that um it's it's almost shocking for a moment, and then it brings you kind of back in and back out. And the only thing that I've ever experienced like that is myofascial unwinding. You mm-hmm. know, where it's like uh, in in that process, having moments where um, you are moving in and out of the conscious experience of moving mm-hmm. to sort of this unconscious. How is this actually even being done? Mm-hmm. M- movement. Uh, And then you're sort of oscillating in and out of that. But often in myofascial unwinding, you are being witnessed or assisted by other people Mm -hmm. when it feels like that. I mean, you can do self unwinding, but in my experience, it doesn't, it doesn't ever go there like that. Mm -hmm. So this is like that feeling in a new way, in a new context. And that for me has been the really difficult thing to wrap my brain around is this, this feels so familiar. Mm -hmm. so ancient, so known in my body. Yeah, familiar in an ancient way, right? Like the wisdom. But there is there. another word. It's like, uh, it's just outside of that thing that is familiar. It's mm-hmm. just like another level deeper. It's just like, and I can't come up with the word of. It's cosmic. Yes, where it's like, <laughs> this is familiar, but it's also fill in the blank. And I don't know what the word is.
0: So I think it might be interesting because, uh, to, to continue kind of a little bit on this thread of other, other moments in which I have had this experience. Mm -hmm. Um, just, I think maybe for you listening, like to, to reflect for yourself, like in other ways, this kind of embodiment can manifest because, Mm -hmm. I have had it um, through authentic movement. Mm-hmm. I've had it through dance uh, on occasion mm-hmm. and uh, meditation. Yeah, definitely meditation and and um, and it's interesting to draw on that because that is about stillness. Yeah. But if you've meditated enough, what you understand is that stillness is, um, it's a quality, but it's not a thing, yeah. right? It's not, you can't actually get still, but when you tune into that, there is always movement. Mm-hmm. There is something that's primordial about that. Mm-hmm. That feels like Im- embodiment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's certainly not just through this kind of, uh, facilitation or exploration, um, there's something else. Oh, well, I mean, just to maybe lighten the mood a tiny bit. So James and I, um, we had, so there's been a lot of talk about the, the egg and the sperm, the egg and the sperm and in, in being the egg and the sperm. And are you the egg? Are you kind of insulated and, um, present and waiting? Yeah. Yeah. Present waiting. Uh, there's a, Spacious wholeness about that experience, um, or are you sperm like sperm energy? Yeah, you (laughs) heard that right. Don't turn off, don't turn off. You heard that right. You heard it right. We're
1: not confused. Are you the egg or are are you the sperm? Is there
0: drum beating of the sperm (laughs) on the outside of the fertilized egg? You know, it's just it's wacky stuff, but sperm energy is it's not just male energy, there's it's forward moving energy. There's, there are these qualities. (laughs) And so James and I just had this really interesting experience where he was my mother, the uterine wall, Uh and I was the egg. (laughs) And, and then, (laughs) yeah, you heard that right. And, and then, and then I went away and I came back and then we switched roles and it, you know, it's, I think the reason I'm saying it is because it's, it's so strange and yet it's so profound. And, Mm. um, if you're just willing to allow yourself to go to a new place that there is, um, uh, so I'm writing an article for Pilates Intel and it makes me think of these two things that I'm talking a lot about in it, which is vulnerability and openness and how, when you have, openness Mm -hmm. and vulnerability like the way that we have in our friendship Mm and our collaboration there is then the expression of potential and that is not just about uh for me I see that through the lens of relationship with other people um but also relationship to self and what's interesting is this whole four-day workshop is on um uh self and other yeah and Uh, But it is also like your ability to be in relationship to the potential um, around your knowing Mm -hmm. and your knowledge. And I think sometimes... That means relinquishing what you think you know, yeah, and being vulnerable and open, so that what you know can actually take on new light. And we're here at the workshop with Claudia Moose and Louise Johns, and yeah. um, both owners of Absolute Center, with Katie Santos, um, and it, it's it's just so sweet the diet the dialogue that the four of us are having, and the experience of um, it is in that like really being asked to be vulnerable, uh, and open, but never to be asked, um, or even needing to relinquish what I think I know or my past experiences or knowledge. But when you are vulnerable and open in this way, James is my uterine wall (laughs) and vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) There, theres there is, there, there is just a willingness to see that there is another layer to what you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's, um, that's why this is interesting. This yeah. is why this is, um, uh, powerful because it's not an exchange for, I'm not trading in what I know for something exactly. else.
1: That's, uh, that's. That's the crux of it for me, right? It's not, um, I came to a workshop and now I have to let go of something in order to adopt something or even choose between the two. Mm -hmm. I think the basis of the work is that there are so many realities. There's so much consciousness there that Mm -hmm. all of it can be true at the same time Mm -hmm. And I can just make decisions as to what I want to pay attention to in the moment, in the moment Mm -hmm. and that that can change. And in order to achieve that, I have to be vulnerable enough to go, I don't know. I really just don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what it's like if it's this. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to see what it, what is the experience like if it's that Mm -hmm. not because I'm trying to make something true or get to a certain point, honestly and truly just for the sake of being curious Mm -hmm, of going, mm -hmm. well, what, what is this? What is this experience like? And what can I glean from this so that I can be a little more whole through my experiences of self and other and, um, all sorts of things that I didn't even know I could experience.
0: And besides just the very selfish, um, motivation of like, uh, downloading Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and sharing, you know, I mean, it's, I think for me when I, when I approached James about doing a a kind of impromptu podcast about our experience here with Bonnie, um, what was on my mind was like, what, what, a, a. it's in the epitome of curiosity yeah. and I think it's important that we see each other in these roles of being really curious and that it does often take vulnerability. Um, but also that uh, James and I uh, are both emerging in the work that we're doing. And this was an opportunity to uh, share with all of you that the thinking Pilates podcast mm. will be, um, maturing into a different iteration very soon. And um, we're going to be finishing this season with mm-hmm. a couple of other really, some a- really cool amazing things episodes. Um, and we're going to do a short season four. Uh-huh. And then we are going to cocoon and reemerge as something new mm-hmm. that is not Pilates specific. And we are in conversation around what that will look like, um, but it just felt like this is the perfect opportunity because it is it is in a way a very parallel expression of, yeah. of the. Yeah. We're curious beyond Pilates. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast and you've been listening, we talk about. Uh, we really we, we circle around Pilates, but. We're ready for it to not be the foundation of the conversation, mm-hmm. um, but it's not about excluding it from the conversation. It's about expanding beyond the borders. We're breaking out of our zona pellucida. Yeah, we're breaking <laughs> <laughs> And you can Google that term. <laughs> it, okay. it is not zona pellucida. <laughs> Although it should be. Yeah. Zona pellucida. Uh-huh. Look it up. <laughs> I'm yeah. just pretending to be smart right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're uh our interests are expanding and we're really curious about how other work can inform what we're doing and how, you know, we can inform other work. Mm. And, you know, we're just um we're in an expansion mm-hmm, phase, mm-hmm. and it feels like we're in the right place at the right time with this workshop. And it feels like it's the right place and the right time to sort of figure out what's next with our creative endeavors.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, thanks for listening. We have a very special ending for you. Hang tight, promise. Like, uh, it will take less than two minutes, but you got to wait for it. <laughs> you just you have to take a deep breath. Ready? Let's take a deep breath. Chantil Chantil. <sighs> Thank you,
1: James James. Thank you.
0: And there it is. What the heck was that ending about? Well, I'm gonna. I'm tempted to not tell you, actually, and and let you just ponder. But what I will say is that is a, a replication of our day one intros, and we literally went around the room, and Bonnie held space, and we held space for each other. To do our introductions, it's more than a hundred people in this room. And it took a, a solid one and a half hours, I think, to get through everybody um in this exact process of standing up in silence and taking in the room and making eye contact, repeating your name twice, and um acknowledging the presence that you were being held in with a thank you and then sitting down and then on to the next person. It was pretty awesome and also pretty uncomfortable. Um, and the awesome is in reflection, of course, looking back, uh, even though in the moment it was pretty wild and titillating to, to be engaging in such a strange activity, but also, um, perfect. In any case, Momentum Fest, we're getting close. Uh, it's coming up in June June 21st through 23rd at the Westin Westminster in Westminster, Colorado, which is smack dab between Denver and Boulder, which I found to be highly convenient. And I think the most important thing that you should know really right off the cuff is that prices go up April 15th. So that's something to be considering. Also, if you want a room at the hotel, you probably want to Get your boogie on and get going. I wanted to start out with talking about sharing with you some of the testimonials from students and teachers who attended last year, and then just why I am drawn to Momentum Fest and why I'm excited about being there this year as a presenter. So I, I chose this one on purpose and I. I'm um, surely not going to get the pronunciation right of of this darling person's name, Maritza Polone. I'm hoping I got that right, but you know, coin toss. She said, Momentum Fest was everything and more. We sweat, we cried, we laughed, and we bounded through movement. I can't wait to see what's in store for us June 2019. So the reason I thought that was so great and, um, I wanted to share it now was because the idea of bounding through movement and James and I talk a lot about non-denominational movement. We're working kind of in that realm more and more, less and less in the, in the Pilates realm. Um, uh, although it plays obviously a huge part in our foundation, but to bound through movement, um, to sweat and to cry, uh, that that really is what Momentum Fest is about. It's about being human and about enjoying being in your body and making connection with other people. That's why I was drawn to it in the beginning. That's why I wanted to teach at it. That's why I'm excited to be teaching this year. Um, I'm excited to just share and create an opportunity for people to move with each other and to explore. And although there is so much science and research behind my teaching these days, what's really important to me is that people are smiling and they're, they're um, compelled to smile because of the experience they're having within themselves, in their bodies, but also in their hearts and in their souls, and that that experience is a reflection of being with other people. The workshop that we were just chatting with you about was um, about self and other was about embodiment and the expression of self and other. And I think that Momentum Fest is a really lovely opportunity that we have to be in relationship with ourselves. And to do that, we have to be in relationship with other. So, one of the things that we talked a lot about this weekend was that to know yourself is a reflection of other, is a reflection of yourself in somebody else. And so it's almost as if your relationships give form to who you are, give form to your character, give form to your emotions, give form to your heart, give form even to your intellect. Um, And so let's bound through movement. Let's sweat because there will be plenty of that. Let's definitely cry. Let's laugh a lot. And let's just really appreciate being with each other. Momentum Fest is happening in Westminster, Colorado at the Westin Westminster. That's a lot of W's and I's, but there it is. June 21st through June 23rd, and um, ticket prices are going up again in just about a month. So check it out, momentumfest.com. And as always, we love when you share the love about the podcast. Feel free to send us emails, to comment on the website, and to Love us and review us on iTunes and keep spreading it till next time.